Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Salvage Title Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Eiseldyke, and want to welcome you to this automotive podcast. Talks a little bit about uh, car news, car culture, and just general automotive things. Uh, recording here on a uh, Thursday afternoon full of thunderstorms with a uh, few ideas um, all revolving around the letter T. Uh, three different segments. Uh, we want to keep the podcast under 20 minutes. Uh, first one, uh, we want to talk about the Tesla Model 3 and some of the news that broke today about that. Uh, pickup trucks, uh, shopping for that, uh, more specifically with my father, whose name also starts with a T. And lastly, a car that's been on my mind, a segment, maybe just called Cars in My Mind, I don't know, we'll title it someday, uh, the Audi TT. Uh, more of that coming up next. So, first story, uh, after the news broke of the initial deliveries of the Tesla Model 3 uh, late last week, I believe on Friday, uh, news broke today, uh, two things about the Model 3. First, that uh, Tesla is reporting that there have been a record-setting 1,800 reservations per day since the car initially debuted last week. And also, that Elon Musk is planning on a fourth model adding to the brand, the Model Y, an SUV-based on the Model 3 platform. Uh, the Model 3, if you didn't know, uh, it is the smaller BMW uh, 3 Series sized sedan uh, rear wheel drive that Tesla is rolling out, uh, hopefully to widen the appeal of electric vehicles to a large number of people. Um, the Model 3 boasts a range of over 200 miles and a price uh, that starts below $30,000 when you add the $7,500 federal tax credit. Uh, the hard part is that uh, production numbers on this car thus far has only been, I believe, 30 models that have so far been delivered. And though Elon Musk promises to ramp up production significantly in the next several months, uh, there is already a over two-year waiting period on the car. And really the question comes down to with the Model 3. Um, is that momentum going to continue on? Uh, I think for a lot of people all over the country, the idea of owning an electric car is becoming a much more... Uh, enticing idea. Uh, the money is certainly there. The savings of not having to go to the gas station and buy gas is very appealing to a lot of people. The hurdle, of course, is the tar charging situation, and Elon Musk did promise to add more superchargers across the country in the coming years, um, but with the Model 3, you do not get free charging, except for some upfront stuff that gives you some free use for a short period of time. You eventually do have to pay per kilowatt hour to charge your car, um, unlike the Model S, which still comes with free charging. Another hurdle for the car is that early models that are going to be delivered first are going to be the up-level models that come with a larger battery and more luxurious appointments that start well into the $40,000 range. Even with the tax credit, it does not dip below that magic $35,000 number that a lot of people are looking for. Same thing, if you order a color other than black, that automatically adds $1,000. You want auto or, uh, cruise control with the autopilot and all that other stuff, you're looking at an extra $3,000 to get the autonomous stuff switched on so the car is ready to be fully autonomous when that becomes ready soon. That's another $5,000, and you ultimately end up with a $50,000 electric car that has pretty decent range, but not that much more than the Chevrolet Bolt. Chevrolet Bolt, of course, is Chevy's, or Chevrolet's entry into the EV market that raced to get the first over 200 mile daily usage vehicle out to market, and thus far they're having a tough time selling those as well. 
Uh, of course, initially the Chevy Bolt was only available out on the West Coast and some select markets on the East Coast, but now should be nationally available uh, this month. Uh, so check your local dealer if you're into that. But uh, the bitter blood between the two has definitely been uh, interesting to see. Um, personally, I while I do prefer Tesla's way of doing things with modular technology that's shared between all the vehicles and, uh, you know, doing all these things, it's still an expensive luxury product that's not quite there for the everyday buyer versus the Bolt, which is a more attractive price that comes with more features for the money. And I think a key point that a lot of people are going to be missing out on going forward here is that the Bolt is still going to have the $7,500 national tax credit for a little while longer than Tesla's will because Tesla production numbers are going to reach that threshold where all the cars won't be able to get that full fat deal. So if you ordered a Model 3, I'm very envious of you. Um, would I order a 3? Definitely. But, uh, you know, if you're, if you're looking to get a hot deal on an electric sedan, you know, cash in now, hope that you can get your car soon, but you got to be willing to spend the money. Up next, a short little personal story about my dad, uh, Thor, purchasing a new pickup truck. Uh, my dad uh, has owned a Chevrolet Avalanche, I believe his third Chevrolet, a Chevrolet Avalanche since the uh, final product run ended in uh, 2014. Uh, with his uh, purchasing power kind of coming up and him wanting to get something new, he's starting to look around for something. And lo and behold, I got some messages from my sister over the weekend that he's looking at one of those dealer-crafted off-road pickup trucks. I, I don't know if it's all across the country, but here in Michigan, uh, a lot of local dealers build their own pseudo-Raptor competitors uh, to go up against what Ford has on deck. Um, so for anywhere between about $45,000 to $50,000, you can get a Chevy Silverado or a GMC Sierra that's decked out with, you know, large and aggressive off-road tires, uh, fancy wheels, um, skid plates, uh, some extra cladding on the outside to make it look a little tougher. Um, altogether, it's more of an appearance package than it is an actual off-road setup. And I have to admit that... I was quite upset when I found out my dad was looking uh, at these pickup trucks. Um, he being a longtime Avalanche purchaser, um, he had always gone that way just because he liked the softer ride with the Suburban-based chassis instead of the pickup truck-based chassis that it was on. Um, he really liked the luxurious interior appointments, luxurious for that era of Chevrolet, understood, but uh, it was a little bit quieter, a little bit softer, and then it had the pass-through bed that was fully sealed so that he could carry things easily and not get them all soaked up and messed up out in the elements. So Chevrolet's had a little bit of a conundrum as of late with their pickup segment where, yes, the Silverado can do a great many things, and so can the Tahoe and the Suburban, but nothing's quite slot in to fit what the uh, Avalanche was. Um, so they came up with a, somewhat of a solution uh, late last year with the Silverado High Desert trim, which was basically uh, a crew cab uh, Silverado with the magnetic suspension from the Tahoe and the Suburban strapped on with the more luxurious wheels and tires, a um, little bit more body cladding to give it that shape that was similar to the Avalanche. The only thing it lacked was the pass-through uh, bed. So all in all, you're getting 
an avalanche, but it's not an avalanche, and my dad is not too happy about that. And so he's looking at these trucks, and I just, I have to go. You know, where do people think that that's a wise spending decision? You know, I don't have a lot of solid numbers on how well these trucks would hold their value compared to a lot of other things, but we already know how much of a value the Ford Raptor is. If you can get your hands on one for the 50 or so grand that it goes for, they tend to hold their value for a very long time. Um, at one point, uh, a lot of Raptors were being resold for a year or two after they were brand new with thousands of miles on them for the same, if not more, of what people paid for them. Now, I don't know if that necessarily carries over to the new model, because a lot of people are hemming and hawing about it losing the V8 and switching to the Turbo V6, um, but overall, it's still the most capable off-road vehicle you can buy, depending on what you want to do. So that's where I go, these knockoff Chevrolet and Silverado, or Chevrolet and GMC models just seem so just asinine, just trashy looking, just a poor investment, especially when, too, they offer the Colorado, albeit a smaller truck, for a similar price, actually less money than that, that is ultimately, arguably, one of the most capable pickup trucks out there, aside from the Power Wagon and the Raptor. Uh, so I'd love to hear what you guys think about this kind of stuff. You know, is this something that I should be getting upset about with my dad trying to get a new pickup truck? Uh, is this something that you guys think is uh, really a wise decision to go for? Or should it just be a, just a regular Silverado or Sierra, just like anything else? Uh, let me know with a call in or uh, tweet me at YSSMAN on Twitter. Thank you. And lastly, a short little story about uh, something that's been on my mind after seeing one out on the highway. Um, a little segment, I don't know what we want to call it. We'll figure it out. Uh, so driving on my mind uh, lately has been the first generation Audi TT. Uh, after seeing one racing down the highway the other day, I was reminded of how much I really liked the car back then and how strange it is that how few we see today. Uh, you know, I don't know the actual sales numbers of the original model, um, but it seemed like it was a reasonably successful car, not just here in the United States, but all across the world. Uh, you know, looking back on the car, it really was a striking design, which honestly really wasn't all that different from the Volkswagen Beetle uh, that it shared some of its bones with, you know, different shape, similar shapes, different sizes, really made a dramatic difference with the car. Um, you know, as you may or may not know, the uh, Audi TT shared a lot of its bones with the other fourth generation uh, Volkswagen models, including the Jetta, the Golf, and the Beetle. Uh, the Audi TT, of course, took things to a little bit more of an engineering excellence uh, standard, uh, with a little more design on the outside, much more design on the inside, and it had a little more craft work done on the 1.8 turbo and the 3.2 liter V6 that was made available on different versions of the car. Um, you know, I've never gotten to drive one, but I have driven plenty of uh, MK4 Volkswagens, and it's just one of those things that just kind of pops up from time to time, and you see it and you go, huh, that really was a cool car for a long period of time. Uh, last I had checked, you could get pretty well-kept TTs from that era for less, well under 10 grand, um, and that includes some of the VR6 models that were definitely a bit more sporty than some of its uh, other competitors. Although, me personally, I would find the sweet spot to be the 1.8 Turbo 
with the uh, all-wheel drive system and the, uh, I believe it was a six-speed manual at the time. Um, you know, maybe uh, if you guys have seen any good TTs out there, let me know with a call-in or tweet me at YSSMAN. Uh, you know, it's a car that I think is going to be much more appreciated as time moves on. It's really a timeless design. I think it's one that's going to hold on for a lot of folks uh, just because it really kind of gave Audi its place that it hadn't really had in the United States for a long time. Um, you know, it's a striking design, really interesting engineering that was put into it, um, and overall just something that's just, it's going to be a future classic, I guarantee it. that just about wraps it up with this first episode of the salvage podcast uh as always i'm your host brad isley you can reach out to me here on anchor.fm with a callback or uh on twitter at ysman uh i hope to have more of these uh come up from time to time um you know i think you're going to hear me say strange things that have to do with one platform and then the other but uh we're going to work this out we're going to figure it out we're going to try it out see what happens. Anyway, guys, I hope you have a good rest of the week, and I hope that you drive safe. Have a great day. Bye-bye.